0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. Ah, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the low point, friends. This is rock bottom. Mets are swept out of Philly uh, this weekend. Finally, have an off day on Monday. I don't think any baseball team in the history of the sport has needed an off day more than the Mets need theirs on Monday. Um, yeah, uh, I have the numbers here. The Mets have scored since last Sunday uh, versus Cincinnati. Uh, one in seven over that span, uh, eight games. The Mets have scored 20 runs. Um, you know, we've seen this team, we've seen many Mets teams, many major league teams fall into ruts, fall into uh, slumps, team wide slumps. They happen. Uh, this just happened to take place at the absolute most inopportune time possible. And now the Mets are, you know, they're <laughs> they are reaping what they've sown. Um, you know, many, many fans will tell you that this has been uh, an issue all season. I personally think that the all season um, designation is just, it's kind of lazy. This team, you know, if you go back and look through everything, yeah, April, they were awful. Uh, the runners in scoring position, they they hit less than 180 in April with runners in scoring position. That's not going to cut it. Uh, then you can look at, I mean, you can look at the next two months from May 1st to July 1st as the bench mob era. And during the bench mob era, yes, this team kept themselves alive with, with <laughs> lots of players who normally wouldn't be getting shakes at the major league level. And what they did was... Extremely admirable, and it put the Mets in position in the second half to come together once healthy and do some damage. That never happened. It happened for a little while. So here I have I have the numbers in front of me. Um, and again, you got to keep in mind the the Bill of McKinneys, the the Mason Williams, Patrick Mizekas, Wilfredo Tovar, who could very well be back on Tuesday because Baez came out. Uh, with what was called hip tightness. Uh, he injured himself swinging. Um, and it looks like he knew it right away that he was hurt. He didn't even run to first. Uh, actually, I believe Gary Thorne, who was a treat. Um, at times, a little bit, you know, I, not certainly not painful to listen to. Just not Gary Cohen. <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, always a treat to just to hear Gary. But, um, yeah, I think Gary Thorne thought that uh, – the ball was, was fouled off his foot cause he didn't leave the box, but now he was in pain and the Mets could see Wilfredo Tovar again. But really, I mean, you had guys like Cameron Mabin, Juneshi Fargus, Khalil Lee, Jake Hager. You know, you had a lot of, again, players that <laughs> had everything gone out, gone to, to, uh, the plan gone to a T they, they would have never even, you know, sniffed a major league field this season, at least not, not in New York. Um, and again, once the roster became whole again, things were different. And yeah, this this span I'm about to go over kind of, it split over the, the Francisco Lindor being there and not being there. But, but from July 1st through July 25th, which was when the Mets closed out their last series win against Toronto on, uh, again, Sunday the 25th. So over that span, you know, the Mets were the best offensive team in baseball, or one of them. <laughs> Arguably the best, for sure um led the majors in batting average on base percentage weighted runs created plus um third most home runs in the league over that span they 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 only made up two games in the in the standings from July 1st to the July 25th because again you know it, it is what it is The sometimes the national league east plays uh, plays up sometimes they don't but um you know it, they they were coming together of course Brandon Nimmo returning on July 3rd <laughs> helped that momentum but um yeah you know the the Mets were making waves that wave broke and and there hasn't really been another one coming in since um since the start of the series with Atlanta on July 26th uh the team is just you know they they've fallen they've, they've fallen flat um <laughs> you know you can look over the, you know, I don't think they're hitting over 230. Two they were hitting, this is coming into Saturday's game. The Mets were hitting oh, 225 with 35 runs scored over 13 games. And again, that overlaps with the number we said earlier, uh, 20 runs over their last eight. But it's, it's left... Well, one, it's left the Mets looking up not just at the Phillies, but also at the Braves in the National League East. They slipped behind them with their loss on Sunday. Now the Mets are six six and a half. Well, as of right now, it's four fifteen on Sunday afternoon. The Mets are six and a half games, could be seven games behind San Diego for the second wild card spot. Like, not only has the the the, and it was never all that comfortable, but. That lead in the division that was up near four games earlier, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, or at four games on the 25th. Now it's 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 been a, a six and a half game swing, um, a five and a half game swing. My apologies. Uh, no, now I'm my apologies. Now it's a six and a half game swing. It's um. I think James McCann said it on, on after Saturday's game that you know just as quickly as the Mets have fallen out. Um, of of the race, or not falling out, but falling out of their 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 position, uh, they can turn it around. In theory, sure, that's that's real nice to hear. But it, where the Mets stand right now, especially after what you just saw in Philadelphia this weekend, where you know Zach Wheeler held the Mets to two hits all day. The Mets only had two hits up until the ninth inning on Saturday, and they had three solo home runs, which makes, you know, I guess bumps up the numbers a bit, but uh, just, you would, you would, I know personally, I, I looked at the ninth inning on Saturday and said, oh boy, signs of life. How nice is this? And, and, you know, yeah, you're facing a really, really good pitcher in Zach Wheeler on Sunday. Arguably a National League East contender, if not the front runner. I mean, my goodness, he's leading the majors in wins above replacement. His ERA is well below three. Uh, he's leading the league in uh, leading the majors in innings pitched. Leading the majors in strikeouts. Like, just uh, what, what what a turnaround! And we talked about it a little bit on Twitter on Sunday. You know, not only did Philly come in and swoop this player that the Mets, the pro previous regime, of course wanted nothing to do with, you know, and and I had, you know, solid information at the time from someone very, very close to the situation that, you know, Wheeler's camp was waiting around for the Mets to match the offer because, well, one, of course, it was under market, and two, they wanted to give the Mets that chance. Wheeler wanted to come back to the Mets, and the Mets didn't even call him so you you almost knew that you know not just the Zach Wheeler revenge game, not just the Zach Wheeler revenge season, but the the Zach Wheeler revenge rest rest of his career was was on deck. He knew it from the from the minute he signed that contract. He said, "Oh shit, this guy's gonna kill the Mets for the next five years," and he's well on his way. And and I'm sure that he came into Sunday just <laughs> absolutely relishing the opportunity to. uh, you know, and, and to not put a, a nail in the coffin of the Met season, but boy, kicked them while they were down, that's for sure. And uh you know, after the game on Sunday, Pete Alonso spoke a little bit about <laughs> staying positive. And of course we are uh we're always ones to uh to, to, to bang that drum here. Oh always. That's just how we are. Um <laughs> there are a lot of fans who just they don't want to hear it right now, and I don't necessarily blame them. You can trust me; my my replies on Twitter will tell you as much. That there's a lot of fans that don't want to hear the positivity right now. That they've you know pretty much mailed this thing in this year, and I'm not going to say that they don't have a point right now. This Mets team looks looks dead, but you got to keep on pushing forward in the big picture. You're two and a half games out of first place. You can't look at the wild card. You can't look at the scoreboard right now. You just got to win tomorrow. Well, on Tuesday. Well, Hey, no, actually, win tomorrow works. You're hearing this on Monday. But, yeah, you have to just go out and and keep plugging away. Every game from here on out is a postseason game. We're going to know very soon what this team is. Um... (laughs) <laughs> All signs are pointing towards a, a a flounder towards the end. I'm trying to be as real as possible. You guys know me. I'm I'm optimistic, but this uh, this flat line has been somewhere between shocking and telling. And you know, going out and, and only bringing in Baez, and you trade for Trevor Williams, and he's throwing well in AAA, and he's not even getting a sniff. You have to imagine that's going to change. But you you, you you have all these opportunities. The the division playing just awful baseball. The Braves who are scoring, I think their they're run differentials, pushing 70 runs, plus 70 runs. No one else in the division has a a plus run differential. Um, you know, they, they lose a couple of really big producers, Ozuna to being a piece of shit, uh, Acuna to the uh, major injury. You know, you... you You have all these opportunities as a ball club, uh, you know, game after game. I think the Mets' starting pitching is still very, very high uh, in in the majors as far as um, group ERA. They're still top third, without a doubt. You know, and and the Mets have had a cast of characters come in um, filling up the back end because you have injuries hit and, you know, you're not going to get a gem every night out and you're starting to see that with Taiwan Walker. Even though on Sunday Taiwan Walker uh, shaky in the first, absolutely snapped right back into form after that. Uh, we saw it in his last start as well. He retired eight after that really shaky first inning, eight in a row, eight Marlins in a row. On S- uh, Sunday, I believe he went 12 of 13 after uh, after giving up those two home runs and then gave up another to make it three nothing and. You know, the home runs have certainly become an issue. I'm 100% encouraged by Walker regaining his composure after getting hit. You just, you know, if this was a a fully operational offense that could score four runs a game, things turn different. Uh, Things turn out a lot different this weekend. Um, Things turn out a lot different over the past, you know, month, month and a half. You know, I, I, I said it earlier, and after we come back from the break, I'll say it again. But, um, the, this, this, this season has been split in two. You can't take this season as a whole. But let's take a quick break. We're gonna hear from our sponsors. Hang tight. And welcome back. So the tale of two cities, of course, spelled C-I-T-I. Um, we talked about it earlier. You have the bench mob era and then you have post bench era, which was, uh, in my eyes, that's July 1st on the Mets had a, a comfortable lead heading into August still, um, you know, the last week of July, they were up four games and they've fallen absolutely flat since. So what, what happens from here? You can look at Michael Conforto and say, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm. I guess I'm going to go one by one, but not really." Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto has had the worst season of his professional career, the worst season of his, <laughs> I, I would imagine, of his entire life. This guy, of course, you know, high school, college, minors, most of his first few seasons in the in the majors, competent, above average ball player. 2021, Michael Conforto falls off a cliff. He still has two months to to change that narrative, to swing things back in his favor. <laughs> Going into free agency, that that story might have been written already. Um, of course, a strong end to the season, if the Mets are lucky enough to make it into the postseason, a strong showing there can help his cause. But at this point, you just for Michael Conforto for the New York Mets. One at bat at a time. He, he's hitting the ball harder. We've talked about this on the show. We talked about it on the Apple. Good sign. Go with it. Find a groove. Simplify things. Whatever you got to do. Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo, um, 0 for 21. That's heading into Tuesday's game. That's O for his last 21. He's been a uh, a foundation of the Mets offense this year. And even with an O for 21, he's still hitting above 250 for the year. 24 home runs, which, of course, we'd like to see some more, but, uh, you know, from May 31st on, Pete was Pete, and now he's hitting a, a slump. He's hitting pretty much his first prolonged slump since that point. It's going to happen. I have every bit of confidence that he'll come back around, but now you need it from, from everybody else, too. Dom Smith uh, just broke up his nine-game hitting streak on Saturday. With with uh well, you know, I hate to 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 pin the lineup on Luis Rojas because we don't know if he's the only one who makes the lineup. We don't know who who has input. We don't know any of that. But the uh, the the collaborative galaxy brain lineup that they put together to face Ranger Suarez on Saturday because of his backward splits uh, did nothing. So you know you, you have to still look around and say, you know. Play your hot hands. Dom Smith, as we were saying, came into Saturday with a nine-game hitting streak. He's really been, albeit sans of the power, um, he's been the the hitter that he was last year, that he was in 2019. Um, Again, would you like to see more doubles and, and more home runs from him? Of course. We'd like to see, you know... Two earned runs a night from every starting pitcher that they throw out there—it's not going to happen. But you can, you know, come real close to those expectations because uh, we've seen him do it in the past. With the the new baseball this season, I feel may have had a <laughs> an effect on Dom. I hate putting excuses out there, but um, even during his hitting streak, he's hitting three thirty-three against breaking balls. He's he's developing as a ball player still, and he's he's still reaching heights. He's putting the ball in play, and that's really, at this point, all you can ask for because those seeds grow into, you know, thriving flower beds of beautiful flowers. Anyway, (laughs) Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil's been terrific since, you know, this is going back to he returned on the 22nd, was a little slow uh, returning, got back into form fast, and since, you know, the beginning of July, he's just been Jeff McNeil plus some. He's hitting for more power than he has. Um... More doubles as his OPS is well over 900 since July 1st. This is the stuff you need. But again, you need everyone to contribute at one time. If if Javi Baez is indeed out for a while, that's going to hurt. Um, I know that he's been very hot and cold since coming over, but he adds a dynamic to this offense that wasn't there before. Uh, Francisco Lindor, I know everyone was hoping for late August. He said over the weekend that he's not pinpointing a return date He said he knows that the GM gave a a rough estimate, um, but he's not ready to, uh, he said he feels good, but he's not ready to to, to pinpoint that yet, and whatever, um, you know, the Mets could certainly use another threat in the lineup, and before he got hurt, Lindor certainly was looking to be Francisco Lindor again, you don't want to see him put his long-term health at risk by going out there and getting hurt again, and then not having a full off season, just a very much risk-or-reward type of situation. But in the same regard, the Mets are two-and-a-half games out and could certainly use that, uh, that added level of production. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, just outstanding. Um, his OBP is still, he came into Sunday with a two eighty batting average, four fifteen OBP, um, leading off innings, and this isn't just the first, leading off any inning. He's hitting like three seventy with a... a, a OBP of over 500 just again in individual vacuums there's no reason this team shouldn't be performing they're putting men on they're putting guys on base they're just not hitting with guys on base they're having they're getting opportunities they're just not cashing in on opportunities it's uh it's been frustrating to, to say the least and you know you have to wonder where they go from here they got three games against the Nationals starting on Tuesday at home then after that, you have uh, arguably the most daunting schedule in the major leagues. Uh, the, daunt, the most daunting, is this two weeks? Just about. Just about a two-week stretch. So you have Washington for three starting Tuesday at home. The Dodgers for three at home starting Friday. Then you go to California. No no days off. You got a seven zero eight start on Sunday. And then you fly right to San Francisco to start a series with them Monday night. 9.45 uh, local time. So get ready for that. It's always fun. Especially with, like when the Mets were winning, the West Coast trip was uh, was tough enough. Now that they're losing, oh my goodness. oh! Only the diehards. We're getting to that point in the season. Only the diehards. Um, so yeah, you have Washington for three. The Dodgers for three. Then you go out west. San Francisco for three. LA for four. You get an off day Monday the 23rd. <laughs> Come home for three more versus the Giants. And, uh, and then you have Washington for three, another off day. Looks like you get a bunch of, bunch of Mondays off from here on out. But uh, then you get Washington and Miami and Washington for almost two weeks. It, it's Boy, if you, if you could flip those two around, it sure would be nice. Uh, but no, the Mets, they're going to have to, you know, facing the depleted Nationals next week, uh, this week, starting Tuesday they're going to have to find some sort of rhythm. And, uh, cause you got a really, really good Dodgers team, a, a revamped Dodgers team, a reinforced Dodgers team coming in for three after that. And, uh, boy, if, if they do what Zach Wheeler did to the Mets on Sunday and, you know, he threw pretty much all fastballs and just challenged the Mets and the Mets had nothing for him. Nothing. It was, uh, disheartening <laughs> to say the least. um, yeah, if the Dodgers come into town and the Mets haven't found their shit yet, it's it's gonna be as tough a series as this one was this weekend, and then going out west, you know, if you you're gonna fly across country with no with no juice, you're not getting out there with juice, uh, you know, and you just gotta hope they they kind of find some semblance of consistency throughout this. Next couple of weeks, because then you do have that light at the end of the tunnel where you're facing. I know the Marlins have been a Mets and the thorn, uh, thorn in the Mets' side, especially last week. But you know you have a few weeks of games or two weeks of games, winnable ball games. Um, to make up some ground. And I know I'm repeating myself because I've, I've said that many times this year where, oh, the Mets have a chance to really, you know, create some separation. Well, <laughs> nope, not not this time. But then, you, you mean, you do. You have three against Washington, four against Miami, four against Washington. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, five against Washington, and then another three. And then you get the Yankees and the Cardinals and the Phillies and the socks and the Brewers and the Marlins and the Braves and that's a wrap for the 2021 season. like James McCann said this too on Saturday and I, I it caught my eye. I haven't been putting a lot of uh I haven't been putting a lot of quotes in the stuff in the Apple this week just kind of been riffing but um this one certainly caught my eye. I'm gonna uh, I actually have it here I don't even have to paraphrase. <clears throat> there has to be a sense of urgency he said. You can't keep saying we'll get them tomorrow, we'll get them tomorrow, we'll get them tomorrow because next thing you know, you look up, it'll be the middle of September and it'll be too late. There's a difference between a sense of urgency and panic, he said. We can't get caught up in the negativity. We've got to stay within ourselves and don't listen to the outside noise. In theory, that's, you print that shit out and put it on the clubhouse wall. But, uh... Yeah, you, you know, it, it 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 all comes down to execution. By the way, speaking of coming down to execution, Saturday night, uh, Saturday, Friday night. My apologies, Friday night, tough loss. We were all pretty hyped up for that for the beginning of the series. Boy, how things have changed. After the game, I got into it with um, uh, uh, an acquaintance on Twitter, um, someone who I respect as, as as a person, as a as a content creator, someone who um, I don't interact with a bunch, but, uh, I owe an apology to Rich McLeod. Um, if you're listening, I took your sarcasm and it tickled me in a not great way. And, uh, I went overboard. I do apologize. I said it on, on Twitter. I'd like to say it here as well. You didn't deserve that. Um, I've been my own worst enemy for a very long time in that regard. I have to learn how to, uh, extinguish the fuse before I say something fucking stupid. And, uh, In this case, I said something fucking stupid, so my apologies. Uh, Guys, the New York Mets have a little bit of time to to turn things around before this this road they're on turns into a a river of lava and they have to jump from rock to rock because that's where it's going. Shit or get off the pot. That's all there is to it. We'll see you guys on Friday for a new episode. Uh, New content going up at the Apple all week. You know where to find us. Subscribe, rate, review. I'm not going to stop saying it. Let's fucking go Mets. Peace.